Hey, welcome back everybody to a brand new episode of Intact with Sandro. Today we're going to continue our series on true success. I've given you some definitions of true success in the past couple episodes, and if you haven't heard those, I encourage you to pause this episode now, go back, check those out, and then come back and and finish this one. You can find me here on Anchor, or you can listen to it on iTunes at your leisure, but I thank you so much for joining me today with a new episode of Intact. I want to continue talking about true success because I believe it is something that drives people to this very day. Throughout the centuries, people have been driven by success. I saw a picture today, and it was of a man, and he was chasing after money. And then in the bottom, in the next scene, the middle scene, it showed him he was he was obtaining a lot of the money, but the money was floating through the air as he was running along the top of this um, this rigid mountain top, this flat mountain top, and he was running after and he was grabbing some, but there was still more to be obtained. And the the, the cartoonist had him look a little bit older. And in the final scene, he was much older. His hair was all white and, and, and his beard was white. And you can tell he was wrinkled and he was an old man. And he was at the end of the mountain where, where the cliff was right before him. And it had a little sign that said end. And the money was piled in his arms. And he, and he had this look of sadness on his face. And I believe what it was showing was what the, what, what the, um, the author of Proverbs and the author of um, Ecclesiastes, King Solomon was saying that it's all fleeting, it's all vanity. This success that we think we are trying to obtain is nothing more than chasing after the wind. And if you heard my previous episodes, I talked a little bit about Deion Sanders and his testimony, how he thought true success was found in women and money and, 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 and things, material. But he realized that that's not where true success is found true success for him was found in being a follower of Jesus Christ. So I want to get into it today. I want to continue by actually using some scripture from uh, 1 Corinthians 9. And the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian, Corinthians, excuse me, and he's talking about striving for a crown. Striving for a crown. Now, athletes had been around forever. And so the Corinthians at the time would have understood what it meant for an athlete to obtain a crown. And so he says, he says here in verse 24, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Of course, they would have known the answer to that rhetorical question there. He says, so run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now at this moment, they might be thinking to themselves, well, what crown are you talking about, Paul? And then he hits him with this. He says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. I want to talk about that word perishable. You see, they would have received a crown made from... um, um, Like... 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 Branches that can be that could be bent, you know, into into the shape of a circle that would fit on the crown of their head, right? A garland. It would have been made from some kind of um, something from nature that they would make, and it would look beautiful. It would be this this green, this luscious green crown that they would wear, but they would they would only have it for a brief moment. It would perish. Later through history, we can see, like in the Olympics, they're given gold uh, gold medals. 
right? Something that would last longer because as athletes, we want these, these successes to last forever. And so we use more precious metals nowadays rather than giving a garland or, or, or this crown, uh, this perishable crown of greenery that would, that would fade away and die after a few days, like that lettuce in your refrigerator, right? Only a few days before it starts to brown and, and, and perish. He says, but we, we, talking to the brethren here as Christians, we as Christians, we're, we're, we're striving for an imperishable crown. Something that will never fade. He says, verse 26, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Right? I don't just run thinking, might I win? Might I win this race? He says, no, I run with certainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. And this is what I want to talk about today. True success is found in discipline. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul was clear that true success for him was living a life of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and never becoming disqualified. He never wanted to do anything that would disqualify from his position and his authority so that when people listened, they knew that he was a man of God, that he was a man sent from God. Paul made a decision, a clear decision, that he was going to live a life that glorified Jesus. And so we, we know as Christians that not everyone's called into ministry. Not everyone should go into ministry if they are not called. This is dangerous. But whatever your ministry is, wherever God is calling you to serve, we must discipline ourselves that we do not disqualify ourselves From having authority and power to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. To share love with our neighbor. And to lift those up who need a word from God. So we must discipline ourselves. Discipline is a tough thing. Amen. Discipline takes a lot of work. The Bible says it, it's not comfortable at first we don't like it at first no one wants to be disciplined at first i would even go as far as to say it's not even easy to to correct someone and give them discipline as a teacher i, I recognize it's been a struggle it's been something i've grown in and gotten better at it's not easy for some that comes a little easier praise god that god's given them that grace we need people who are going to bring us into discipline in our life because again, we fight against it. We're bent towards sin. And so we want to go towards selfishness and laziness. Discipline is about being selfless. Because we know that our lives are for someone else. To give our lives away for our friends. There's no greater sacrifice. So the Apostle Paul here, he gives us an insight into true success. It's living a life that is never Getting to the point where you have disqualified yourselves. Think about that for a moment, and we'll be right back after this.
Hey, welcome back to the second part of this episode. True success, part three, disciplining our bodies lest we be disqualified. As I'm sharing this thought today, I'm taken back to a time when I was growing up and playing soccer. I played with some phenomenal athletes. I mean, honestly, guys that should be professional soccer players, even at 32 to this day, I believe they would still be um, playing soccer somewhere. Guys that should have had college scholarships. Guys that should have gone on to the next level. But what was our problem? Our problem was discipline. You see, we would go to practice, and we would goof around, and we'd mess around, and we'd fight with each other, and we'd wrestle with each other, and we'd go to games, and we would do the same thing. We had no discipline. How many tournaments we were thrown out of because of fighting? A guy once got his back broken at practice because of wrestling. You see, we had no discipline. We continually disqualified ourselves from going to the next level because of our lack of discipline. This is what we do with our spiritual life. This is what we do when we, when we can't draw upon God's strength and discipline ourselves. We become disqualified from ministering to someone. We become disqualified from leading our families. Our wives can only take so much of our disqualifying. Our lack of discipline. Our children can only take so much of our lack of discipline. It is vital it's vital that we that we discipline ourselves. And forgive me for any female listeners out there that I was speaking from a male perspective. Um, I you know I teach high school guys, and so I'm so used to giving it from the male perspective, but vice versa. Spouses can only take so much. Thank God for God's grace and for for Christians who know how to forgive and 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 move on together with one another and. And love each other. The word says that love is patient and kind. And praise God for that. But we must discipline ourselves. I was reading a story today about a pastor out of Fort Lauderdale named Bob Coy. And Bob Coy had a church of 25,000 members. But in 2014, he had to step down from that church. Because he came clean about his addiction to pornography and the multiple affairs that he was having. Somewhere in his life, he started to lack the discipline that it took to fight off the lusts of the flesh. Now he came from a life of sin. He came from a wild life of cocaine and alcohol and managing strip clubs and casinos in Las Vegas. And, and in the article, um, it doesn't exactly say from his perspective. He doesn't really talk about that. And so some might argue maybe he never became a true Christian. Maybe he was deceptive all along. I don't know. Let's say, let's say he wasn't that way. Let's say he was following the Lord wholeheartedly. He raised this great mega church up, Fort Lauderdale, Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. Somewhere along the lines, he began to slip and become slack. The article talks about the founder in California who started Calvary Chapel actually began being challenged by people because he was not calling sin, sin anymore. He was, he was having allegations of pastors who were caught in sexual morality and sexual misconduct. And he wasn't taking it serious. This is what a lack of discipline is. Not taking things that 
breaks God's heart serious anymore. When we don't take things serious anymore, things that God loves, when we don't take those serious anymore, this is when we begin to disqualify ourselves. And just last year, Pastor Bob Coy was being charged um, or being accused of molestation from a, from a teenage girl who said that it started when she was four years old. Bob Coy has some serious charges against him, um, some serious allegations against him, excuse me. He hasn't been formally charged. But Bob Coy, it says in the article that he wants to start a new church and he's looking for funding. And, and, I, and, I, and I want you to you know, think about this for a minute. Those who know his past and know him, how many people are really going to want to listen to him ever again? I believe he's greatly disqualified himself. Can he ever come back? Who knows? Very unlikely. No matter how wholeheartedly he begins to serve the Lord again. It would be, it would be a challenge. But we have to nip it in the bud before it gets to that point. And I would, I would bet my life that, that, that he was first addicted to pornography and then it festered and became adultery, affairs, multiple affairs. His wife has now divorced him. But, but I've never heard of a story where a man was caught in an affair and then became addicted to pornography. I've never heard of it. Please show me. I'd love to hear that story because I just, I, I don't, I don't think that that would ever happen. Paul is very, he's very serious about his life. He's very serious about his walk. We've got to be serious about it as well because it's so easy to become disqualified. First Corinthians 10, Paul continues and he starts talking about the Israelites and he's going on and he's mentioning to the people in Corinth who would have known these stories. And he's saying, do you not remember your ancestors? How they had these incredible miracles that they witnessed? And I know some of the Corinthians were from other, other um, nations and, and tribes. So their ancestors might have been a little bit different. But regardless, he's, he's, he's reminding them of this, of this story, this history. He said, these miracles they saw. You can't even, you can't even fathom them. Verse 5, but with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. He says, verse 6, now these things become our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And so the Israelites in the wilderness, they began to lust after the things of Egypt. They wanted the food. They wanted the, the, the visual images of gods. They lusted after the evil things. They weren't willing to be patient and wait for the promised land. And this resonates with us as Christians today because sometimes we go through seasons where we don't feel like we're in a promised land and we feel like it's a desert. And we think back to our old life, maybe our unsaved life, as, as I call our BC life, our before Christ life. Begin to lust after these things. They're not greater. They're not better. Our flesh tries to make us deceived and think that they're better. But God has a better thing for us. When we see people's lives change, there's no greater feeling 
than seeing a man or a woman transformed for Christ. We're going to disqualify ourselves, though, when we lack discipline. Verse 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. In other words, for someone who thinks they can do it without God, be, be prepared to fall. Be prepared to fall. We have to discipline ourselves to partner with the Holy Spirit. Partner with the Holy Spirit and do those things which might seem difficult at first, but later on they reap a harvest of righteousness, of goodness, that we can be a blessing for others. Start small today, whatever it is, whatever area you're lacking discipline, start small, small goals. How do you eat an elephant? My wife always tells me when I have a huge project, a major project, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Let us not be disqualified today. Let us run this race with certainty that God has good plans for us and an even better eternity. This world will soon fade and all the mysteries of the universe, of, of creation, of, of God the Father, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will be revealed to us. We must stay diligent we must discipline ourselves. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Continuing to support this podcast. If you liked it, share it with somebody. Pass it along. Um, you can find me here on Anchor or on iTunes. I thank you so much. I pray for you and your families. I pray for your situations today. That God would do something radical and extreme in your life. That he would show up in a tangible way. God, I thank you for the people listening. I speak a blessing over them today. And Father, I thank you that you are using this word to bless those and edify those. And I pray today that you've been challenged and strengthened for Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you for, for listening to this episode. We'll be back with another episode shortly. God willing.